You're listening to the Eastside Church Sermon Podcast Series. We are a United Methodist congregation in East Atlanta Village. We seek to be creative, historic, inclusive, and justice-oriented. We are thrilled that you found our podcast, and if you'd like to learn more about our community, visit our website at eastsideatl.org. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and at about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Be seated. Okay, we got a little short shrift on the text that we read this morning, but I think you'll be able to pick it up uh, from the message. And today we're going to begin with a question. I want you to think for a minute and see what you believe are the most threatening words that are spoken on an ordinary Sunday morning. What are the most threatening words that are spoken? on an ordinary Sunday morning. We say those every week. Many of us know these words by heart. And I want you to just raise your hand if you think you have an answer. I'm not going to call on you. Just if you think you maybe know an answer. Anybody? Okay. Well, in case you need a hint, Jesus told a parable about a man who owned a vineyard. And in honor of Labor Day, we're going to go with an updated version of the story that Jesus told. It was a modest operation, not the largest out in the countryside, but it produced a comfortable living. September had been a really good month. The weather was warm and it was dry. And the crop was shaping up to be a little larger than usual. But when October came, the local news forecast a change. Some heavy rain was only a couple of days away. And if the predictions held true, then the chill that was coming on the other side of the rain was going to do damage to the crops. So the harvest had to be gathered in as quickly as was possible. And when daylight came, the owner of the vineyard went to the labor pool to find some additional help to finish the harvest. Now, since this parable that we're telling this morning is happening in 2023 and not in 30 AD, 
And since the vineyard owner is required to pay at least the minimum wage in Georgia, we're going to say that the going rate for picking those grapes was $7.50 an hour, or about $90 for a long 12-hour day. And if we assume that this average migrant worker picks some kind of fruit for about 260 days a year, then that 60-hour work week is going to be worth about $23,400 a year before taxes. Barely enough to provide food or a roof over their head, much less provide for a family. But in our story, we learned that the owner of this vineyard is a very generous man, and so he wants to be fair, and he agrees right up front that he's going to double the wage. So a 12-hour shift is going to be worth about $180. Well, when he gets over to the labor pool, the vineyard owner quickly is able to strike a deal. He loads the crew into the bed of his truck, and he drives them to the vineyard, and he puts them to work. And things are going along really pretty well until about 10 a.m. when the farmer hears another weather update. The threat of the cold has moved from Wednesday to Tuesday. And so they only have one day instead of two days to gather in all of the crop. At 10 o'clock, he's out at the labor pool. He's hiring some more people. And then with the deadline approaching, the trip to the labor pool is repeated at noon. It's repeated again at 3 in the afternoon. And every time a new crew is hired, the owner says that he'll be fair with their wages, but he doesn't tell them what they're going to make. When the last crew has been delivered to the work site, the foreman tells the vineyard owner that the harvest is so big that they are likely not going to make the deadline. And so with only one hour remaining, the vineyard owner goes back to the labor pool and finds that everybody's gone home for the day. All that's left is this small group of people who are hanging around outside the doorway to the pool hall across the street. They're a little bit of a rough-looking bunch. They're standing there among some discarded items. There's music coming out of the doorway. They're not likely prospects for gathering a harvest. But the vineyard owner decides that he needs to push on. He stops his truck. He introduces himself. He asserts his reputation for fairness, and he offers them an day's wage, a fair wage, he says. He doesn't tell them how much, a fair wage for an hour's work. They stop and they consider the offer. It can't take very long because it's almost dark. That kind of cash might cover an extra burger, a game of pool. And so they pile into the truck and off they go. Now, I want you to stop for a minute in the story, and I want you to think a little bit about human nature. This man is out there hiring people right and left, and with the exception of the first shift, he hasn't told anybody how much they're going to make. They're only told that the wage will be fair. 
So what do you think might happen every time a new crew is unloaded back at the vineyard? Well, my guess is that at least somebody that gets off that truck is going to ask some of the people who are already there working, what are you being paid to do this job? And they take that figure, which in this case is $15 an hour, they multiply it by the number of hours that they expect to work, and then they begin to estimate how much they're going to make in order to motivate their efforts. But the employer has a surprise. At the end of the day, the owner of the vineyard is a happy man. He's harvested the best and the biggest crop that he's ever had, and he's feeling pretty generous. So he says to the foreman, I've got an idea. I'm going to fill the pay envelopes myself, and when you distribute them, I want you to begin with the very last ones that we hired. In the pay line, the last girl to get off the truck steps up to get her envelope. She's expecting to get $15. That's what she's heard they're being paid. But when she opens it, there's $180. She thinks, wow, there's been a mistake. I didn't make this much for working just an hour. But she doesn't report the error. Instead, she just kind of keeps on walking as fast as she can in the opposite direction. Maybe, maybe by the time they catch the error, I'll be long gone. But when her friend catches her and tells her that he got $180 too, then they realize just how generous this employer really is. Overcome with gratitude, they rush back to tell everybody else. Now those who work the longest, you know, are at the back of the line. And so they're the first ones that get to hear the really good news. The owner is paying $180 an hour. And they start to calculate. I've worked four hours. I'm going to be getting $270. I've worked eight hours. I'm going to be getting $1,440. And the ones that worked all day, well, they can hardly believe how lucky they are. They will be getting $2,180, which is almost a tenth of their annual salary. Well, you can imagine the disappointment then when the envelopes are opened and the standard wage of $180, I'm sorry, is inside. What a disappointment. Whoever heard of a job where the pay is determined arbitrarily by the goodness of the owner of the vineyard instead of a standardized scale? And so they pondered their paychecks and their disappointment turned to indignation and finally to outrage. We worked so much longer. How dare you pay us the same thing you paid those other guys? If we had known, if we had just known, then we might have waited till the last hour to come instead of working all day. 
we might have jumped on the last truck. And if we're honest, probably some of us are thinking the same thing. Work a day, work an hour. You get the same pay. And it doesn't seem fair. Well, if we want to get inside this parable, there are a couple of things that we have to think about. But first, we need just a little bit of background information. You see, in Scripture, a vineyard is a known symbol. It's a metaphor for the chosen people of God, God's covenant community. What Christians might call God's kingdom, or as some would say, God's kingdom. When we read about workers in a vineyard, we can assume that they are working within the reign of God and that their motivation has something to do with the love of Jesus who welcomed them in in the first place. So right away we know that this parable isn't really about having a good business plan and it's not really about economics. It's the rules for governance in the kingdom of God. Rule number one, God is God and we are not. God, as the creator, has a legitimate claim on everyone and everything in all of creation. And God gets to decide what may or may not be done with God's property. When the workers come to the owner of the vineyard to protest the pay that's in their envelope, they receive a really interesting response. Friend, I am doing you no wrong. You agreed with me for a daily wage. I gave you what I promised. So take your wage and go. God has not cheated you. The contract has been honored. In fact, there would have been no problem at all if the ones who had worked all day had not run into the ones who only worked an hour. They would have worked the day and gone away happy. The trouble starts when the workers in God's kingdom begin to compare themselves to others. When they begin to set up a pecking order of good works, you do more, you get more. And God wants none of it. Are you envious because I am generous? That's what God asks. Are you envious because I'm generous? And we are invited to stop and to think about how we might answer that question. Are we sometimes jealous of the ones who come late to the party only to be seated at the same table with those who've been there all along? And then there's that little issue of motivation. If efforts and rewards don't match up with each other, then what in the world is going to keep us working? Why be in the field? instead of in the pool hall. 
Why labor for God all day when we can take most of the day off and still get the same reward? This parable, this parable is a stark reminder that our values and the values of God's kingdom are not the same. You see, in our world, one hour of work equals one hour of pay. But in God's economy, God has the option of giving everybody there exactly what they need. Or to say it another way, grace, whether we like it or not, really is free. But we make a mistake if we believe that grace is cheap. And so now we're back where we began with the threatening words. Every Sunday, we pray the Lord's Prayer together. And in that prayer, we say, Thy kingdom, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And I imagine that there are weeks when we just kind of do that by rote, by habit. We take the implications of what we're saying for granted. Fairly certain that if God's kingdom should become our new reality, that we would all embrace it as a good thing. But in this parable, Jesus is teaching us that when this particular prayer gets answered, a lot of things are going to be different. And those of us who have labored longer in this vineyard will be expected to have the love of God in our hearts for the ones who have arrived late. One day... One hour in God's kingdom, it's all the same. Everyone is a beloved child receiving from God's hand all of the mercy that God has to offer. You know, it's almost time for us to get ready to pray that prayer together. But this time, I want us to stop for a minute and mull it over a little bit before we pray it. Are we willing to pray those words with sincerity and with longing? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Knowing that mercy will trump fairness when God's values reign. It's not fair is the language of the playground. But according to Jesus, that's not the language of the kingdom of God. Life there is not fair. It's a whole lot better. Amen. Friends, good morning. If we have not met, my name is Karina and I get the great honor and joy of getting to be a staff person here at Eastside. And on behalf of all of us, what a joy it is to get to worship with you this morning. 
I also get the honor this morning to lead us in the prayers of the people. So in a little bit, I'll start our prayers. And at the end of each section, I'll say, Lord, in your mercy. And I invite you to uh, say out loud, Lord, hear our prayer. If you'll position yourself in a way that is best for you for a moment of prayer. Gracious God, we come to you today with an array of emotions and levels of tiredness. For some, this weekend may be one of rest and fun and an extra day off. And for others, it may be a normal, tired, exhausting, and working one. Yet, here we all are here together. Remind us that you are the God that calmed the storm and made the winds to cease. We cry out to you today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, we pray for this community. We pray for the community that is a part of Eastside Church. We know your good works continues here and many of us come from wilderness and wandering, just like the song we sang together said. And we choose to come to your open table here. Holy Spirit, may you continue to nudge us in this space. May you continue to show yourself to us that we may continue in practicing resurrection together. And just as your son has taught us, may we continue to widen the table. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Most merciful God, with rising COVID numbers, hurricanes, and natural disasters hitting different parts of our country, student loan payments coming back, and continuing racially motivated attacks such as the one that just occurred in my town, Jacksonville, Florida. God, we are crying out to you. We may not always see you, but yet we are here believing that you are near and that you are continu continuously moving. God, be near the brokenhearted and continue to be your, as we continue to be extensions of your love and mercy. Lord, in your mercy. All seeing God, as we think about our neighbors here in Atlanta with us, we look upon those who take refuge in the alleyways, those who are forgotten by our government, those fighting for the protection of the Walani forest that is less than five miles from us, for our local and countrywide government fighting to do what is right for the people. La lucha sigue. The fight continues. God, see your people in it. Lord, in your mercy. Friends, join me in praying a communal prayer of confession that's on our screen here this morning. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Friends, I now invite you for a moment of silent confession on your own. Friends, hear the good news. Christ died for us when we were yet sinners, and that proves God's love for us. In the name of Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God and amen. And thank you to Karina for all that she does, which is uh, a tremendous amount. You know, there's a line that I loved in that last song that we did about taking on the world while we're young and we're able. 
And so I think this week for our homework, maybe take some time to think about one thing you can do to take on the world in Jesus' name. One thing, one concrete thing that you can do to work in the vineyard that's the kingdom of God. And now, if you would stand for our benediction. Go in peace, and in the grace and love of God who has created us, God who has redeemed us, and God who sustains us this day and through the week to come. Amen. that you've enjoyed this week's message and we look forward to connecting with you soon. If you'd like to experience our full church services, you can find them at youtube.com slash eastsidechurchatl. And if you'd like to support the work we're doing here at Eastside, you can find our giving portal at our website, eastsideatl.org. Be well.